The Luna Chronicles by Marissa Meyer, Book One, Cinder, Part Three. You want to go to the festival, all covered in dust and dirt? But we will only be ashamed of you. Chapter 21. Cinder slumped down at her work desk, relieved to finally be out of that stifling apartment. Not only was the air system down again, with maintenance nowhere to be seen, but the awkwardness between her and Adrian bordered and unbearable. They'd been tiptoeing around each other since she'd returned home from the lab two days before. Adria trying to remind Cinder of her superiority by ordering her to defrag their apartment's entire mainframe and update all the software that they didn't even use anymore, while at the same time lurking around as if she were, almost kind of, ashamed of what she's done to Cinder. But Cinder was probably imagining that last part. At least Pearl had gone had been gone all day and had only shown up when Cinder and Iko were on their way out to work on the car. Another long day, another late night. The car was going to take more work than she realized. The entire exhaust system needed to be replaced, which meant manufacturing a lot of parts herself, which created any number of headaches. She had a feeling she wasn't, a, wasn't going to get much sleep if they were going to have it road ready by the night of the ball. She sighed. The ball. She didn't regret saying no when the prince had asked her because she knew how badly that would end. Any number of things were sure to go wrong, from tripping on the stairs and flashing the prince a sexy metal thigh to running into Pearl or Adria or someone from the market. People would talk. The gossip channels were sure to lock into her past, look into her past, and pretty soon the whole world would know that Prince Kai, Prince, the prince, had taken a cyborg to his coronation ball. He would be mortified. She would be mortified. But it didn't make it any easier when she wondered, what if she were wrong? What if Prince Kai wouldn't care? What if the world were different and nobody cared if she was a cyborg? And on top of that, lunar. Yeah, wishful thinking. Spotting the broken net screen on the carpet, she peeled herself off her chair and kneeled before it. The black screen was just reflective enough for her to see the outline of her face and body. The tan skin of her arms contrast with the dark steel of her hand. The Nile had run its course until it had nowhere else to go. She was lunar. But she was not afraid of the mirrored surface, not afraid of her own reflection. She couldn't understand what Lavana and her kind, their kind, found so disturbing about it. Her mechanical parts were the only disturbing thing in Cinder's reflection, and that had been done to her on Earth. Lunar and a cyborg? A fugitive? Did Adria know? No, Adria never would have housed a lunar. If she'd known, she would have turned Cinder in herself, probably expecting payment. Had Adria's husband known? That was a question Cinder would probably never know the answer to. Nevertheless, 
She was confident that so long as Dr. Erlen didn't say anything, her secret would be safe. She would just have to go on as if nothing had changed. In many ways, nothing had. She was every bit an outcast as ever. A white blob caught her eye on end in the screen surface. Kai's android. Its lifeless sensor staring down at her from its perch on top of her desk. Its pearl-shaped head, pear-shaped head, was the brightest thing in the room and probably the cleanest. It reminded her of the sterile medroids in the lab in the quarantines, but this machine did not have scalpels and syringes hidden in its torso. Work, mechanics, she needed the distraction. Returning to her desk, she turned on her audio interface for some tranquil background music. Kicking off her boots, she gripped both sides of the android and wheeled it toward her. After a quick examination of its internal plating, she tipped the android over, laying it horizontal so that it's balanced on the edge of its threads. Cinder opened the back panel and inspected the wiring throughout the cylindrical frame. It was not a complicated android. The interior was mostly hollow, a shelf for housing a minim minimum of hard drives, wires, and chips. Tudor androids require little more than a central processing unit. Cinder suspected that the android would have to be wiped and reprogrammed, but she had a feeling that wasn't a viable option. Available option. Despite Kai's nonchalance, it was clear that andro this android knew something important, and after their conversation in the research hall, she had an uneasy feeling it has something to do with lunars. War strategies, classified communications, evidence for blackmail, whatever it was, Kai clearly thought it would happen. <clears throat> and he trusted Cinder to save it. No pressure or anything, she muttered, gripping a flashlight between her teeth so she could see inside the android. She grabbed a pair of pliers and coursed the wires from one side of the cranium to the other. Its configuration was similar to Ico's, so Cinder felt a familiar familiarity with its parts, knew exactly where to find all the important connections. She checked that the wire connectors were sound, the that the battery held power, that no important pieces were missing and everything seemed fine. She cleaned out the noise translator and adjusted the inter internal fan, but Nancy, the android, remained a lifeless statue of plastic and aluminum. All dressed up with nowhere to go, said Aiko from the doorway. Cinder spit out the flashlight with his lap and glanced down at her old stained cargo pants. Yeah, right. All I need is a tiara. I was talking about me. She spun her chair around. Aiko had draped the strand of Adria's pearls around her bulbous head, smeared cherry lipstick beneath her sensor in a horrible imitation of lips. Cinder laughed. Wow, that's a great color on you. Do you think? Aiko willed her away into the room and paused before Cinder's desk, trying to catch her reflection in the next screen. I was imagining going to the mall and dancing with the prince. Cinder rubbed her jaw with one hand and mindlessly tapped the table with the other. Funny, I've always found myself imagining the exact thing lately. I knew you liked him. You pretended to be immune to his charms, 
But I could see the way you looked at him at, at the market. Iko rubbed at the lipstick smeared across her blank white chin. Yeah, well, Cinder pinched her metal fingers with the plier's nose. We all have our weaknesses. I know, said Iko. Mine issues. Cinder tossed the tool to her desk. Something like guilt was beginning to grow in her when Iko was around. She knew she should tell Iko about being lunar. That Iko was more than anyone, more than anyone would understand what it was like to be different and unwanted. But somehow she couldn't bring herself to say it out loud. By the way, Iko, turns out I'm lunar. You don't mind, do you? What are you doing down here? She asked instead. Just seeing if you need help. I'm supposed to be dusting the air vents, but Adria was in the bath. So? I could hear her crying. Cinder blinked. Oh. It was making me feel useless. I see. Iko was not a normal servant android, but she did retain one prominent trait. Uselessness was the worst emotion they knew. Well, sure, you can help, Cinder said, rubbing her hands together. You just don't like her, let her catch you with those pearls. Aiko lifted a beaded necklace up with her prongs, and Cinder noticed she was wearing the ribbon Peony had given her. She pulled back as if she'd been stung. How about some light? The blue sensor brightened, shedding a spotlight into Nancy. Nancy's interior. Cinder twisted her, up her lips. Do you think it could have a virus? Maybe her programming was overwhelmed by Prince Kai's uncanny hotness. Cinder flinched. Can we please not talk about the prince? I don't think that's possible. I don't think that would be possible. You're working on his android after all. Just think about the things she knows, the things she's seen, and... Iko's voice sputtered. Do you think she's seen him in the nude? Oh, for heaven's sake! Cinder yanked off her gloves and tossed them onto the table. You're not helping. I'm just making conversation. Well, stop. Crossing her arms over her chest, Cinder pushed her chair back from the work table and swung both legs up to rest it on top of it. It has to be a software issue. She sneered to herself. Software issues usually came down to reinstallation, but that would turn the android into a blank slate. She didn't know if Kai was concerned with the android's personality chip, which had probably developed into something quite complicated after 20 years of service, but she did know Kai was concerned with something in the android's hard drive, and she didn't want to risk wiping whatever it was. The only way to determine what was wrong and if a robot was a reboot was necessary was to check the android's internal diagnostics, and that required plugging in. Cinder hated plugging in. Connecting her own wiring with a foreign object had always felt hazardous. Like if she wasn't careful, her own software could be overridden. Chastising herself for being squeamish, she reached for the panel in the back of her head. Her fingernails caught the small latch and it swung open. What's that? 
Then they stared at Aiko's outstretched palm. What's what? That's it. Cinder dropped her feet to the floor and leaned forward. She squinted into the far back of the model, where a row of tiny chips stood like soldiers along the bottom of the control panel. There were 20 plugs in all, but only 13 of them were full. Manufacturers always have plenty of room for add-ons and updates. Aiko had spotted the 13th chip, and she was right. Something was different about it. It was tucked far enough behind the other chips that it was easy to miss with a cruiser glance. But when Cinder targeted it with a flashlight, it gleamed like polished silver. Cinder shut the panel in the back of her head and called up the digital blueprint of the Android's model on her retina. According to the manufacturer's original plans, this model only came with 12 ships. But surely, after 20 years, the Android would have received at least one add-on. Surely the palace had access to the newest, finest programs available. Still, Cinder had never seen a chip quite like that. She pressed a fingernail into the release switch and gripped the edge of the silver chip with the pliers. It slid out like grease from its plug. Cinder held it up for closer inspection. With the exception of the pearlescent, shimmering finish, it looked like every other program chip she's ever seen. Flipping it over, she saw the letters DECOM engraved on the other side. Is that so? She let her on. What is it? Asked Iko. Iko. A direct communication chip. Cinder furrowed her bra. Almost all communication was done through the net. Direct communication that bypassed the net entirely was practically obsolete, as it was slow and had a tendency to lose connection in the middle of a link. She supposed paranoid types who required absolute privacy would find direct comms appealing. But even then, they would use a port or neck screen, a device that was set up for it. Using an android as one side of the link didn't make any sense. Iko's light dimmed. My database informs me that the androids have not come equipped with direct communication abilities since 89TE, which would explain why it didn't work with her programming. Cinder held the chip toward Iko. Can you run a material scan see what it's made out of? Iko backed away. Absolutely not. Having a mental breakdown is not on my list of things to do today. It seems like it would have caused her to malfunction, though. Wouldn't the system have just rejected it? Cinder angled the chip back and forth, mesmerized by how its reflective surface caught Iko's light. Unless she tried to send information over the direct link, it could have jumped up the bandwidth. Standing, Cinder strolled across the storage space toward the net screen. Though its frame has been shattered, the screen and controls seemed undamaged. She, she slid the chip in and pressed the power button, having to jab it harder than usual because a pale green light came to life beside the drive and the screen blared bright blue. A spiral in the corner announced it was reading a new chip. Cinder, Cinder released her breath and fluttered her legs beneath her. A second later, the spiral disappeared, replaced with text. Initiating direct link with unknown user, please wait. Initiating direct link with unknown user, please wait.
initiating direct link with unknown user. Please wait. Cinder waited and wiggled her foot and waited and drummed her fingers against her knee and began to wonder if she was wasting her time. She never heard of a direct communication chip hurting anything, even if the technology was archaic. This wasn't helping her solve the problem. I guess no one's home, said Aiko, rolling up behind her. Her fan turned on, blowing warm, warm air on Cinder's neck. Oh, drat. Idris calming me. She must be out of the bath. Cinder tilted her head back. Thanks for the help. Don't forget to take those pearls off before you see her. Tilting forward, Aiko pressed her flat, cold face to Cinder's brow, no doubt leaving a smudge of red lipstick. Cinder laughed. You'll find out what's wrong with what's wrong with his highness, Android. I don't doubt it. Thanks. Cinder rubbed her clammy palm on her pants, listening as Aiko threads got further away. The text continued to repeat across the screen. It seemed whoever was on the other side of the link had no intention of answering. A series of clicks startled her, startled her, followed by telltale humming. She turned around and propping her knuckles on the gritty floor. The android's control panel was glowing as the system ran through its routine diagnostic. It was turning back on. Cinder stood and dusted her hands just as calm as a calm female voice began to emanate from the android's speakers, as if it was continuing a speech that had been rudely interrupted. Pected by a man named Logan Tanner, a lunar doctor who worked under the reign of Queen Shinari, first brought Princess Selene to Earth approximately four months after her alleged death. Cinder froze. Princess Selene? Unfortunately, Tamer was admitted to Zaymin Psychiatric Hospital on 8th May 125 TE and committed by electroduced suicide on the 17th January 126 TE. The sources indicated that Princess Selene had been given to another keeper years before Tanner started death. I thus were not been able to confirm the identity of that keeper. One suspect is an ex-military pilot from the Europe, European Federation, Wing Commander Michelle Bennett, who... Stop, said Cinder. Stop talking. The voice silenced. The android's head rotated 180 degrees. The sensor flashed bright blue as it scanned Cinder. Her internal control panel dimmed. The fan in her torso began to spin. Who are you? said the android. My global positioning system indicates that we are in the 7th 6th sector of New Beijing. I have no memory of leaving the palace. Cinder straddled her seat, draping her arms over the back. Welcome to New Beijing's mechanic suite. Prince Kai hired me to fix you. The loud humming in the android's torso died down until it was barely discernible, even in the quiet room. The bulbous head rotated back and forth, scanning its unfamiliar surroundings, then refocused on Cinder. My calendar tells me that I've not been conscious for over 12 days, 15 hours. Did I experience a system crash? Not exactly, said Cinder. 
Glancing over her shoulder at the next screen, it continued to repeat the same line of text, unable to establish the direct link. It seems someone installed a comm chip that didn't meld well with your programming. Icon pre-installed with vid and text com capabilities, a new comm chip would be unnecessary. This was for a direct link. Cinder settled her chin on her wrist. Do you know if it was Prince Kai? If maybe he wanted to be able to get in touch with you without going through the net? I am unaware of any direct communication chip in my programming. Cinder chewed her lip. Clearly the comm chip had been responsible for the android's sudden malfunction. But why? And if Kai had installed it, then who'd had? When you woke up just now, she said, you were talking about you have information on the lunar air? That information was classified. You should not have heard it. I know, but I think you were probably communicating it to someone when you were disabled. Send the parade that it had been caught or someone loyal to him. She doubted that Queen Lavana would be too happy to know that the soon-to-be emperor was searching for the rightful heir to her throne. Hold still, she said, reach for a screwdriver. I'll put your panel back on and then take you back to the palace. In the meantime, you should download the news broadcast from the last few days. A lot's happened since you've been out.